0: Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Mind Movement Health Podcast. I'm your host, Kate Boyle, and this week on the show, we have another amazing guest, health coach, fellow podcaster, and business consultant, Jen Trepek. Now, Jen grew up in her own words saying that she was the skinny one in her family until she wasn't, and then she began her weight management saga. Jen has over a decade of coaching under her belt and she is all about making healthy choices and making health a priority. Today with Jen, I dive into stress. We explore the causes of stress, how it affects us, you know, the manifestations of stress in our body and how it shows. And ultimately, what can we do to better manage stress, which is going to affect and help us to optimize our health. I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. Let's listen in. Welcome back to the show. This week on the show, I have a very special guest, Jen. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Kate. I'm so excited to chat. Well, I always loved, everybody knows I love geeking out about health and everything and stress is such a big topic and I think more now than ever, people are becoming aware of You know, inflammation and, you know, the effects of stress on the body, which is why I wanted to have you on the show today. But before we dive in, can you just share with listeners a little bit about
1: who you are and what you do? Yeah. So, hi, everybody. Um, So, uh, I'm a health coach and I have a podcast. My podcast is called Salad with a Side of Fries, which is all, you know, wellness and nutrition, weight management, but for real life because who wants a life without fries, right? <laughs> Agree, yes. Um, <laughs> right. But, you know, I really came to all of this whole wellness conversation, like so many of us through my own, I call it a saga. I feel like the word <laughs> journey doesn't do it justice, really. Um, So growing up, I was a dancer and I sort of joke that I was like the skinny one in a family of dieters. And then fast forward, I think I started to gain weight between really was like high school to college. I stopped dancing so much, you know, that whole lifestyle change, what we were eating, what schedules were like, all that kind of stuff changed. And so when I started to gain weight, there were sort of a few things. One side of it was, well, I know what to do because I watched my family do this my whole life. And the other side of it was I was so extremely uncomfortable in my own skin because i think because i was a dancer i was so much more aware of my body and where my body was in space that my threshold of what i noticed you know was pretty low so i noticed everything and it made me so uncomfortable so um fast forward i did the diet thing you know the yo-yo thing every diet under the sun gained and lost over and over and Even when I first learned about the curriculum that I based my practice on, I was like, no, 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 that's okay. (laughs) Like, I don't need whatever you have. I have my thing. You know, my thing was the roller coaster, but I didn't need whatever they had, right? But I saw people who were following this approach. And I noticed two things. The first thing was that they were keeping the weight off. And the second thing was this one woman telling her story of removing like 150 pounds and everything she said after that. I didn't hear it all because I was in my own head and having a conversation with myself because I'm looking at this woman and I couldn't see where 10 pounds could have been on her body. And she's telling me that the equivalent of another human had been attached to her, (laughs) you know, So I had this moment with myself of like, Jennifer, like, get out of your own way because they know something you don't know. Because based on what you know, that doesn't make any sense. So I worked with a coach myself. I followed a curriculum and it completely changed my life. Like the only thing that's allowed me to say I've kicked my food issues And so from there, I really set out on a mission to pay it forward and help people help themselves with this information because I really believe it's the nutrition education we're all supposed to know and no one ever taught us. So I started my health coaching practice on the side of my full-time job in, it was like late 2007. And then July of 2019, I left my full-time job, launched the podcast. And now fast forward, here I am sitting down with you, Kate. (laughs) Yeah, amazing.
0: Well, I can definitely relate to some of your story, having been a dancer myself, uh, but I went the opposite direction in the sense that I developed an eating disorder, um, was chronically underweight for many, many years, restricting everything. And again, similar to you, so hyper aware about anything changing in my body and so being seeing so scared of anything changing in my body that I just kept doing what I was doing even when I wasn't dancing, which was restricting, restricting and even more restricting. Uh, so, you know, I think a lot of people can relate to, you know, the roller coaster of of weight or thinking about food constantly and having all these different messages coming at you all the time. And the same, you know, I went to university, I graduated in 2003 um, through nutrition and food science. And what I learned 20 years ago is at university is completely different to what, you know, the science is now showing. Yeah.
1: And it's amazing. I mean, I see it all the time, but it's even in the programs here in the States for dieticians and nutritionists, it's often based, still based on the medical model and still based on the food guidelines that weren't based on chemistry or biology or health. They were based on economics. Uh, So I grew up with like this food pyramid and grains were at the bottom. That was about getting us to eat what we grow in our own country. Not about you know, the human body. And the other thing that I see too is it's based on the medical model of managing symptoms versus finding true health, or, you know, the minimum requirements to not deteriorate into disease. That right. It. So I, we have this thing of like the daily value. Right, percent daily value or recommendations. It's those recommendations were so that you didn't deteriorate into scurvy when you were serving in the military.
0: Yeah, it's minimum, minimum to survive, not optimal. Right. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Which brings us back to the holistic model and why today we're delving into stress and how it affects the body. And I know that you're, you know, very passionate on a, you know, delving into the body and talking about it on a chemical level. So can you share with listeners a little bit, you know, about what stress actually is and what occurs in the body when it develops?
1: Yeah. So I believe that the difference between knowing what to do and actually doing it is understanding why. So, for myself, right, I dig into all this stuff of like, well, why? What's happening? You know, like make this make sense for me so that I'm not just operating from a list of like, oh, I should do these things to like, no, I'm making a choice. I get why I'm doing these things. Right. So, with stress, we've most of us at this point have heard of the hormone cortisol, right? We know that to be the stress hormone. And it's interesting because stress isn't inherently bad and the body's stress response isn't inherently bad. Like this is survival. This is make sure we don't get eaten by a predator, right? This is make sure we wake up in the morning, right? That's what we call you stress, right? The good stress that helps us get up in the morning. The challenge is our biology – still operates in caveman times, but we live in a very modern world. So the alarm clock goes off and our caveman biology thinks we're being chased by a saber tooth tiger. Our phone buzzes and our body thinks we're being chased by a saber tooth tiger, right? All of these things. And so what's interesting is that in caveman life the stress response and the whole thing was maybe like 20 minutes of we have this you know we see the tiger is coming at us cortisol pumps we our body releases you know extra sugar right and it spikes our blood sugar so that we have energy to run right fight flight freeze right every bit of our being goes to fight flight freeze so that we can survive and then a few minutes later right the we wa- we hide somewhere we watch this tiger pass us and we relax right so biology that's supposed to be like 20 minutes in our modern life not only do we never actually like come down the other side of the mountain of stress we also have a constant hit after hit after hit of a stress response. So we haven't worked through the alarm clock stress response by the time the phone buzzes, right? And so it's this constant thing all day long living our lives where we're always in the stress response chemically in the body, even if we don't feel stressed, our body has this reaction. And the challenge is, I mean, it's multifaceted, right? But when cortisol is high, when we're in that fight-flight response, like I said, our blood sugar raises so that we can have the energy. And then all these other things, by the way, that's also why we crave chocolate, alcohol, carbs, right? All the fast fuel all the things that we think are going to make that better, (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. The the cortisol creates those cravings. It's not your lack of willpower, I promise, you know? (laughs) Um, And then the other interesting thing that happens is any body function that is not critical to survival in that moment shuts down. So our metabolism, not going to help us survive, turn it off. Our reproductive system, not going to help us survive, turn it off. Our immune system, not going to help us survive the next 20 minutes, turn it off, right? Growing hair and nails, all of these things in the body that use energy turn off so that all of our energy can go towards survival. Well, when this happens over a prolonged period of time, I mean, Yikes, right? Mm, (laughs) like It doesn't sound good. (laughs) Right. We all know that, like, we've seen the people who are maybe trying to get pregnant. And the doctor says, you got to do something about your stress. And you're like, what? Right? And to to tell somebody to do something about their stress is like, "Mm mm-hmm, yeah, that's not helpful. Right? (laughs) You know? So, but it's all connected.
0: Yeah. And I think... Too, a lot of the time a lot of people don't recognize the stress that's happening either. So it springs to mind a client this week uh, has said to me that they've had a couple of episodes of the last couple of weeks of um, a migraine, haven't had one in mm-hmm. a long, long time, and this has popped up. And they said to me in the studio that they, you know, think it was a certain exercise that caused the migraine, even though the migraine happened a couple of days after their last class. And so, you know, they have a nine-week holiday coming up in about a week's time. So, I just, you know, very nicely said, you know, maybe there's, you know, a bit of stress, you're having to get things ready, having to wrap up work, you know, you're leaving on a holiday. I think that's probably more to do with that than this one certain exercise. And they said, oh, I'm not stressed at all about going away. So, it can't be that. So I think sometimes registering the stress is, you know, and getting people to realize that can be difficult too.
1: Exactly. And that's why I say too, like, even if we don't feel stressed in the moment, the body can be in the stress response. And the other thing is that it builds up over time, right? So every time the phone buzzes, every time the email comes in, every time the alarm clock goes off. Every time we're frustrated by a phone call, every time everything happens, we're sort of like stacking on, right? It's like this the next grain of sand. And before you know it, we have a giant mountain. So just because in this moment, we don't necessarily feel stressed, if we haven't done the things to signal to the body that it's okay and to start pulling sand off that mountain and bring it back down... That mountain is still there. So we want to do some things to help manage our stress, even when we don't necessarily feel stressed. But I would also say getting a migraine is certainly an indication of feeling stressed.
0: Yeah, (laughs) it's definitely a, a clear sign. Usually I have only had a couple of migraines in my life. And they've been around the most like stressful times. One, my last one was around my daughter's, like, f- like the day of my daughter's first birthday party. So there was plenty of stress going on. So yeah, it definitely happens. Hi everyone. I'm interrupting this podcast to let you know that you can download a free 15-minute core Pilates workout that I've designed especially for you to work your entire body and your core, including your pelvic floor and deep layer of abdominals to really build strength, stability and mobility. This is a nice quick workout you can fit into your day. It's definitely 100% doable. You don't need any equipment to do it and I I guarantee once you finish your 15 minutes of Pilates, you will feel stronger, more energized, taller, and really joyful and happy for moving your body and getting those endorphins moving. So don't forget, head on over to the show notes and download that free core workout and try some Pilates with me. I can't wait to see you on your mat. So the key question is, What should we be doing to manage our stress (laughs) regularly so that these sort of, you know, accumulations don't
1: happen? Right. So the thing that I want to make sure everybody understands is that I'm not saying don't be stressed, right? Because we're not going to eliminate that. And the truth is we're not going to be able to do enough things to prevent the mountain of stress right? All we can do is to build things into our daily lives that help sort of chip away at the mountain as it's forming, right? So that we're sort of in this constant addressing the stress all the time. So one of the big things to do is relaxation exercises. And this is another one where like, I totally get it. Everybody's like rolling their eyes. Like it doesn't have to be meditation, <laughs> right? It could be laughing. It could be journaling. It could be, um, doing a yoga practice if you like that. Right. But even just deep breathing. So here's an interesting thing. So, um, You know, like if somebody walked in the room and you weren't expecting them and you gasp and you're like, (gasps) right, that breath of a gasp is high in the chest and very shallow, right? That's stress breathing. If we breathe longer breaths, like if we slow down the breathing and we breathe deep from the diaphragm, so when you inhale and exhale, you think of like, you're expanding and contracting your lungs like an accordion. So it's like side to side rather than the chest going up and down. Breathing in that way is a chemical signal to the body that the stressor has passed. Because think about it. If you were running from the saber tooth tiger, you run, 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 run. You're panting, right? You have that shallow breath. And then you watch the tiger pass you. How do you calm down, right? We slow down our breath. We bring our breathing back to normal. (laughs) We breathe a little deeper. So doing that is a chemical signal to the body that the stressor has passed. If we can make our exhale longer than the inhale, it's another chemical signal to the body that the stressor has passed. So little things, like even three deep breaths, right? So a little life hack on that, right? So if the stress response turns off rest and digest, right? And breathing is going to turn on rest and digest and turn off the stress response. What better time to do that than before we eat? So before you eat, sit down. That's the first thing. Sit down while you eat, (laughs) right? Maybe a conversation (laughs) for another day. Sit down when you eat. And take three deep breaths before we take the first bite. It doesn't have to be like a ton of time. It doesn't have to be like a frustrating 20 minutes of reminding yourself to focus on your breath, right? It doesn't need to be that at all. And doing it right before we eat does a couple things. One, it turns on that rest and digest when we need it. And two, it also helps it happen in the day if we connect it to something else that's already going to happen in the day. Yeah. Habit stacking. We're a big fan of that. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Yep. Um, Having go-to snacks, right? If we can recognize that the craving for the salt, the fat, the sugar, the alcohol potentially, right? If we can recognize that all of those cravings are coming from the stress response, right? From that cortisol, and we can choose carrots or edamame or almonds or something else that are super easy and could be right there it makes it reaching for those healthier things easier the other sort of um more indulgent choices that are just going to exacerbate our challenges right and the stress in the moment of stress um It makes those more difficult, and then it also helps the body give nourishment for what it actually needs, you know? Um, Activity is another big one, and I know you know this, right? But activity, it could be a walk. It doesn't have to be like a high-intensity, you know, workout in order to help the body you know, work through that cortisol. One of my old Pilates instructors from years ago, she's an original student of Joseph Pilates. And she told me, I don't know if this is true, but she told me that the phrase working out came from the idea that you were working the stress out of the body. Hmm. I haven't heard that one, but it sounds it sounds right, doesn't it really? (laughs) Right. So making sure that we have movement every day you know it, maybe it's you know walking the dog maybe it's um you know carrying the groceries into the house one by one so it's extra steps and extra movement rather than you know trying to load up and do it all in one trip maybe it's finding time in the afternoon for a couple minutes you know of walking or you know one of my favorite things that i teach my clients is called 30 30 30 So the sort of typical version is 30 push-ups, 30 crunches, 30 squats, but you could do any three exercise for three different body parts, 30 of each. I did this for my podcast. I can't remember. I came up with a handful of different versions. All of them took less than two minutes. And like, you're not going to get sweaty. You don't have to change your clothes. So this is that thing to do. You know, like when you have two minutes before the next Zoom and you're like, what can I get done in two minutes? (laughs) Right? This. Do a 30-30-30. Do two minutes here and two minutes there and recognize that it's cumulative. You know, have you heard um, sitting is the new smoking? Yes, we I think uh, that's kind of like a well-known sort of fact right. coming through now. Right, because sitting all day is so not human. Right? Our bodies were not designed to do that. But you know what else isn't human? Sitting all day and then going berserk for an hour. Yeah, agree. So, 2 minutes here and 2 minutes there and 3 minutes here and a 10-minute walk over there is actually very human and helps us sort of chip away at that Pile of stress all throughout the day.
0: Yeah. Well, just on that sitting, you know, obviously it contributes to stress depending on what you're doing, but stress on the joints of your body. The most amount of people that I really work with that need a hip replacement are people that have spent their lives at a desk job truck drivers sitting or, you know, people doing cab driving, anything that you've spent majority of your life sitting because the synovial fluid in your joint is not moving and you're not mobilizing that joint, they are at the highest risk of needing hip replacements, which is shocking, but you know, a really true fact.
1: Absolutely. And then I mentioned this before, but I want to repeat it is laughing, like laughing and smiling and connecting with friends. Some of the most magical relievers for stress, even when we don't think we're stressed, (laughs) right? The more we can do those things, it helps us sort of chip away at the stress that's built up. It helps us relax, and it allows us to then attack our lives in the areas and ways that we want to rather than always sort of being on defense. And
0: I think that's an underestimated one, like just yes. laughing, you know, connecting with someone, however you want to do it. But I think that's, you know, especially in our society today, it is a part that we're starting to lose with more people working from home by themselves or, yep. you know, AI coming on board, you know, that social interaction is starting to drop.
1: Totally, It's so important. Like we are human beings, we are, you know, humans are animals and pack animals at that, right? I mean, think about if we go back to like that whole caveman thing, like leaving or getting ostracized from your community was tantamount to, you know, not surviving, right? So being part of community is survival at our most basic fundamental level. So connecting with other people Right. We can see how it would then translate into helping us feel better. Right. And calming that survival response. For sure. And people that are listening in and are going, yeah,
0: some of this is sounding fantastic and I want to adopt it. And if I do, where am I going to see these benefits sort of shine through? Like we've mentioned, you know, you might not get migraines, but you know, I know with your clients, there's lots of different benefits that people will get.
1: Yeah. And you know, first of all, especially depending on what your goals are, right? We always want to start there. So it depends on what you're looking for. You know, most of my clients start Come, they come through my door, mostly for weight management. And then, of course, we're dealing with sleep and stress and all these other things. So for a lot of people, this might be a key factor to getting over that hump of you know the next phase of your process. I think it can help us sleep better. I mentioned sleep, right? It, it, the stress and the sleep go hand in hand. So when we have You know, when we're managing our stress, we can sleep better, right? When we sleep, it helps us manage our stress too. Um, There are also uh, physiological pieces when we are consistent. And I think that's the big trick to this is that we will not see the benefits doing it once. This is one of those things where it's cumulative and it requires us to do something all the time. And it doesn't have to be everything every day. It doesn't have to be, you know, an hour of your time every day, but we have to do something every day. And the biggest thing I find is a greater qual like increased enjoyment of life, a greater quality of life because we're not living in this stress spiral because even if we recognize that like okay this is really stressful if we aren't doing the things to help us calm down and then we eat the M&Ms and then we're beating ourselves up for eating the M&Ms right it becomes this vicious cycle so there's certainly an increased enjoyment in life and the other thing that i see with clients and with myself over time is that we developed and develop an increased um, threshold or an increased capacity to handle what comes at us. And that in itself is huge. Yeah, <laughs> dramatic. And I would say like for years and years, I would have said like, I'm not a meditator. I The whole idea of sitting down and thinking about nothing like never happened for me. I was the person who was like, mm-hmm, yeah, right, go away. My workout is my meditation. I need you to distract me to the point that I can't think about anything else. Right. And I, 2019, fall of 2019, I started meditating and I started with like a five minute guided body scan. And that was it. I was like, great, check the box. I did the thing. Right. And then over time, (laughs) it got longer and it was different. And I still enjoy a guided meditation. I'm also now at the point where I can do a silent meditation, which I have to tell you, I never thought that would be me. But the Mm -hmm. biggest things that have changed in my life are my capacity to handle stress, my capacity to handle um, the unknown. Right. I always used to say like, I'm not good with loose ends. Right. I have a dramatically different capacity to go with the flow and see what happens and not need to tie up all the things or know where everything is going to head before I take any steps. And it, Changes everything. And now I'm sounding dramatic, but it's one of those things where if somebody had told me this four years ago, I would have just rolled my eyes and walked away. So I'm not saying that you have to, like, t- you know, believe me, just start somewhere and start doing stuff every day and see what you notice. It requires a little bit of like that pause to see what you notice. Well, I think, as you said, that can be, you know, you know,
0: not knowing those sort of loose ends, that can be a really challenging thing for a lot of people. You know, a lot of, you know, people that I work with, you know, if it's like, oh, their class time, you know, changes or, you know, something different out of their regular regular routine needs to change for whatever reason, it can really throw people and, you know, they don't function very well. So if even if you've just improving that capacity to handle those things, I think that can have a huge flow on effect to other areas of your life too.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And I think, you know, listen, if you're a numbers person and you have thyroid challenges or adrenal fatigue, or, you know, some of these other hormonal imbalances, like you'll see an improvement in those numbers you know, it doesn't have to be all the woo woo stuff.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, that's it. And, you know, just basic things for people. Maybe it's a, a reduction in joint pain or, you know, their skin is clearer or they wake up in the morning, not feeling so tired. These are the the small things that sometimes people don't notice, but, you know, exactly. they do again add up. Now, as we age, How does our capacity to handle stress in the body change?
1: Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, there's sort of the physiological perception of stress, right? And then there's our mental perception of stress. So on the physiological side, it's often a decreased capacity, Because we're potentially moving less. We are potentially not sleeping as deeply, right? Our recovery looks very different as we age. So on the physiological side, that can sort of um, be maybe a little bit more challenging. On the other side of it, what I hear from a lot of my clients as they age is that things don't bother them as much. Right? They don't let things bother them. So I think it's almost a shift in what causes us stress. And then how we deal with it is, frankly, exactly the same. Although maybe we're choosing some of the things that are lesser impact, (laughs) right? Depending on where we are
0: with age. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. It's almost like when you're younger, obviously all your cells are, you know, got nice, strong mitochondria and can process things better. And you can have all those, you know, party nights and not affect you. And then as you get older, you might not be able to process it as well, but you've got the wisdom on your side to, you know, learn from past experiences to be able to handle things better. Exactly. So coming towards the end of it, When people, you know, maybe they're finding themselves that they are sort of relating to this and thinking that they might have stress levels that are definitely out of control. What's the sort of first thing or one thing
1: that you would recommend that they just start with? Breathing. Breathing. It's really interesting because we always, I talk a lot about Cravings and the connection between food and mood, and all of these things, right? Where our body is controlling the mind. Breathing is how the mind can control the body. Meditation is how the mind can control the body. So, breathing is the fastest way to connect the conscious and the subconscious. Breathing is the fastest way to send biochemical signals to the body that we are okay, that our life is not in danger. So if it goes back to adding it each time before you eat, like three deep breaths, amazing. Start there. Love it. Simple, easy, doesn't
0: take a lot of time, don't need any equipment or cost a lot of money. Exactly. Might need to set
1: an alarm to remind you, but...
0: That's all right. I think you know more and more we can use those tools. You know, uh, you know, apps can be used to our advantage if we use them correctly, and you know, technology can can be used to our advantage. It's just you know when we rely too much on them, like our phone can be a stressor in itself that it could get out of hand. Exactly. Amazing. Well, where can everybody reach out, connect with you, and listen to your podcast
1: as well? Yeah. So, um. All social media. I am at Jen Trepick, J E N N T R E P E C K. Website is a salad with a side of fries.com. Podcast is salad with a side of fries. Wherever you like to listen, we'll be there. Find us. Please, please reach out. Like, I love nothing more than hearing from you. So, what resonated? What are you still not sure about? What questions do you have? All those things. I can't wait to hear from you.
0: Amazing. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Jen, and sharing your wealth of knowledge with our listeners. Cause I know, you know, they will definitely get a lot out of uh, hearing more about stress and learning about, you know, the physiological changes that happen and, and what we can do to improve. So thanks again for coming on the show. Thank you, Kate. Thanks for listening into the podcast. Please hit subscribe to be updated for each
1: time we release a new podcast.